Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello there, Duke fans. Welcome to episode 535 of the Duke Basketball Roundup. I'm Jason Evans, here on a Sunday morning for your listening pleasure, although obviously it may not be Sunday morning when you listen to this, but that's what time it is to me right now. I am joined by Donald Wine. Donald, how are you feeling this bright, early Sunday morning? Feeling great. Football is doing well for me, so I can't complain. Well, I mean, it's Sunday, so we'll see what happens right, later yeah. on today with NFL, Did- but hey, I'll, I'll take the wins when we get them. Wait, did you just jinx your Detroit Lions? Did that just happen? No, there's no such thing as jinxing the Detroit <laughs> Lions. That that just that, that just doesn't exist. Okay, if if you believe that, <laughs> I'm a, uh, I am I wish I could say I didn't believe in jinxes, but man, they they seem to happen to me all the time. You know who was not jinxed? The Duke Blue Devils. They uh, they took on Northwestern. This was a game. I think some people were a little worried about this game. Um, I, I know. Look, I'm going to freely admit. Uh, we talked about this, Donald. It was like a 20-point line, 19, 20, somewhere in that point, kind of ballpark. And I was like, man, 20 points. No way I'd take Duke and 20 points. What am I thinking? Blue Devils win 38-14. to 14. And uh, I think that if you had that 20-point line, you you felt comfortable most of the second half. This was a really, really dominant victory by Duke. A very, very impressive win against a Power 5 opponent. I mean, it's worth noting, yes, Northwestern is in some trouble. They, th- this is a program that is not doing great, but this is a team that's in the Big Ten. This is a team that recruits elite athletes and gets, you know, top profile guys out of the transfer portal. The anytime you can beat a power five team by that kind of score. And by the way, 38 to 14, it wasn't even that close. 
<laughs> Northwestern scored that last touchdown very late in the game, uh, you know, playing essentially their subs against our subs after our subs had already scored their, our own touchdown. Um, yeah, it, this was just not even a, a tremendously competitive contest. Donald, uh, I've got a ton, ton of stuff on this game, but tell me what impressed you the most about the Blue Devils victory over Northwestern to go to three and O. We, you know, we could start on the offensive side of the ball, particularly the rushing game, but I want to start with this, Jason. I love our defense. Our secondary yes. is great. Our defense yes. is great. This is where you should start. Yes. Keep going, yes. baby. Like, just put it this way. We, we're 3-0, and and in three games, until, like, the final, like, two minutes of this past game, we'd only allowed seven points in each game. And they were all in the first half, and it seemed like even those plays, right, like, you know, against Clemson, it was a short field against – against uh, Lafayette they had you know they drove down the field and was like oh no what are we gonna do and they shut them down the rest of the way and here they essentially did the same thing you know second quarter Notre Dame or, or Northwestern gets a uh, gets a touchdown they're like all right well oh, wait don't back in Notre Dame don't get ahead don't get ahead of yourself we're not getting ahead yeah that's that's on me that's on me um but Northwestern takes you know gets the, gets the ball they go down they score and everyone's like oh it's a big t-. you know is Duke going to you know flounder at this point and Jason, in previous years before Mike Elko, and, and I mean, even during some of the years of Coach Cutcliffe, which we loved, there are times where we'd see this Duke team and we go, oh, man, it's 17-7. This is trouble. This is, the, this is the most dangerous lead in football for us. But they they turned it on. Second half, they essentially shut them out the second half until, again, the final you know few minutes of the game. And I think it's a tr- just a testament to how good this defense has been. They get a takeaway. They, you know, again, anytime they felt like a big moment where like, hey, you know, in your mind saying the defense needs to step up and make a play, they did. And that's what they've done so far this season. And I just hope this continues because it's been great to, you know, again, you know, Mike Elko, when we got him, he was a defensive minded coach. And we've seen that improvement on that side of the football in leaps and bounds. And even this year, again, we see kind of the the killer instinct of that defense where they go, hey, nothing's getting, okay, we, we gave them their score. That's fine. But nothing else gets past us today. And that's how they're playing. And they're playing aggressive. They're playing smart. They're not, I mean, they didn't give up a lot of uh, you know, penalties or anything like that, like that you know, big plays. They were very sound in how they approached the defensive game plan and they executed it perfectly. And I just want to shot them out first. I know we're going to talk about the offensive side of the ball, but the defense, defense was was awesome again yesterday. Yeah, I have to agree with you about that. I'll tell you what really impressed me. Northwestern had just 105 yards of offense in the first half. And most of that came on that one drive where things seemed to click for them. But other than that, it was like Duke had an absolute stranglehold on them. And look, you know, I don't want to say that our defense is elite up there with like the university of Georgia. UGA has probably, you know, for several years had the best defense in the land. They've been playing in a boys game. So, (laughs) yeah. And, and, you know, UGA's whole defense is going to play on Sundays, (laughs) but I I don't know that Duke is quite at that level, but it feels to me like they are in, you know, the running, the next group right behind those, you know, maybe top three, top five defenses in the country. Our defensive line, especially, I think does a great job of not allowing teams any room to run the ball. Um, here's a great sequence that I, that I noted. So we were up 24 to seven in the second half and Northwestern had one of their best offensive plays of the game. They had their running back. He, he, he found a little, he found a lane. He got into the, the secondary slipped a couple tackles. He went for about 30 yards. And like, you know, you were talking about when it was 17 to seven, it's 24 to seven, but as Duke fans we're programmed to be like, uh Oh, can we hold on to this? 
I, I thought it was a pretty big moment in the game. It was early in the second half, and they were at midfield. And it was a moment where they probably felt like, Northwestern probably felt like they could put some pressure back on Duke. But the very next play, the defense, uh, one of our uh, cornerbacks tackled a guy for a loss on a, on a swing pass into the backfield. And then the next two plays, our secondary was all over their wide receivers. I, like, there was two incompletions the next two plays, but they both looked like they had a better chance of being intercepted than being a completion. Northwestern went nowhere, and they were forced to punt the ball back to Duke. It looked to me, it, that that sequence to me, looked like a classic example of a defense that could dictate what it wanted. And it's just a rare thing for us as Duke fans to be watching a defense that can do that to the opposition. It was ter terribly impressive the entire game. And Jason, this obviously occurred before the football game even kicked off, but I was watching college game day yesterday and they were talking about Florida state and, and their road essentially, because you know, Florida state has looked very good this year. And that's a team that we will see down the road. Kirk Herbstreet and the rest of the crew circled that Duke game, but we go to Florida state next month. And they said, Hey, yeah. Florida state may not see a defense any good until they get to Duke. I don't know if I've ever heard those words on college game day, but I love hearing that on college game day. We're going to talk a little bit about some of like what this game, this particular win could mean down the line and stretch. But when you think about it, they had ample opportunity to talk about Riley Leonard and then the offense, which we will get to in just a second. But they stopped to say, hey, Florida State may not see a defense as good as Duke this year, like until they get to Duke. Like that's a that's a really big praise coming from you know, guys who are talking about the best of the best in college football, and they're mentioning Duke alongside them. That's exactly what Mike Elko wanted with this program. We've we've already arrived, and now we're playing. Whenever someone turns on the TV and they see Duke, so far this year, we're playing like a team that should be on TV and that people should be having their eyeballs on, and that's great. Yeah, all right. So I'm going to take us to the offense now. And you, you, uh, look, you have to start with Riley Leonard. And uh, yeah, quarterback is the glamour position. Everybody knows the quarterback is the guy who who gets all the girls and gets all the endorsements and all that other kind of stuff. And and but I, doesn't I, get doesn't get the late homework assignments in. We've learned that I, exactly. Does <laughs> not get his homework assignments in on time. Although dude has a three point nine GPA. That, that's be better fine. than way way better than my GPA at Duke. <laughs> in any event, uh, we will start the discussion with Riley Leonard, who uh, went fifteen for twenty on this game. And I noticed at least two or three of those incompletions were passes where he threw the ball away to avoid a sack. You know, he was like running around a little bit in the backfield. No one got open, so he just tossed the ball away. But it, it shows how remarkably accurate he is. I think early in the game, there was one pass where I saw him overthrow a, a, a guy on a sideline route. Uh, it was a long pass, and he overthrew the sideline receiver. But other than that, I think every single pass he threw went where he intended it. I mean, man, by the way, how about that that third down lob pass he threw to Jalen Calhoun? Oh, yeah, <laughs> that was that was outrageous. And what a catch. Great catch by Jalen Calhoun. But uh, Riley Leonard, to me, just keeps on showing that the hype that he is an end, you know, a future NFL passer is accurate because he is so accurate. He is always calm. He knows exactly where the pressure is going to come in the pocket. He knows where to find those receivers. When he when he gets on the move and when he runs, oh man, I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback Donald who turns plays that look like they're dead to right. Looks like he's sacked. Looks like he's taken down behind the line. He turns those plays routinely into five, 10, 20, 30 yard gains. 
it's you talk about that play at the end of the second quarter or in the oh. second quarter where he he looked like I think he avoided three guys on the sack and then shimmied his way to like a 27 yard gain or something like that just turning literally turning nothing into everything that's that's great and, and Jason it leads me I, I I know I kind of stole your thunder but it leads me to the fact that this this game we've talked about Riley Leonard in the air through the season we've talked about our wide receivers shout out the run game five touchdowns 268 yards rushing Riley Leonard leads all rushers with 97 like that, wait, wait, hey, that's hey, cool. you you went too fast past those numbers. Uh-huh. <laughs> Give them to the people again. Give those two hundred just ground numbers to the people. Two hundred and sixty-eight yards on the ground oh. and five. One, two, three, four, five touchdowns on the ground. Riley Leonard had two. Jordan Waters had two. Jordan Waters, I thought, set the tone very early with his run game. And then the great thing is when you have to when you have a running back that's good enough that everyone has to figure out to stop him that opens up holes for everyone else. And again, like you said, there was times where Riley Leonard was trying to throw the ball and he tried to avoid a sack and he had to make something out of, out of nothing. And he did that on the ground. And it's great to have, you know, when you have Riley Leonard, you, you, I mean, we had Daniel Jones in the past who was able to do that. Riley Leonard has been excelling at the, at being able to get out of the pocket and scramble and get some yardage and keep the ball moving downfield because that's what the office is supposed to do. And he's been doing that great. But the fact is our our running back stepped up in a huge way on Saturday. And I want to give them a special credit because, hey, you know, to be able to do 268 yards on the ground and five touchdowns and make it where this game was felt at least at ease for most of the second half because of the way they were so efficient on the ground, you got to give them credit for that. You know, the thing that impressed me about the running game and, you know, I talked about Riley Leonard, you know, slipping all those tackles in the backfield and then going for for positive yards. That was sort of indicative of what we saw from the entire Duke team in this game, where Northwestern players would hit them, maybe get an arm around a Duke player. But the Duke player would slip out of that tackle and get yards after contact. I, I, I was I, I wish I had the stat. You know, I'm sure there's some next gen st- statistic about yards after contact. But for Duke. It was a big, big, big number in this game. And part of all that is how well coached this team is in terms of the blocking schemes, because there were numerous plays where once the Duke running back or wide receiver, for that matter, would would slip that first tackle, they would make those extra yards because everybody on the team is blocking the whole time. And, And I saw plays where wide receivers, running backs, offensive linemen, we're getting way downfield, making extra blocks, freeing up guys. You know, if if you're the Northwestern backfield, the safeties and, and cornerbacks, I can't even count how many times you were like trying to get to a guy who'd gotten free and and suddenly there was a lineman <laughs> who was 10 yards downfield, like taking your ass out. I loved it. We were getting blocks from players that you wouldn't expect to be there. And there was just never a moment where you saw a Duke player give up on a play and just watch it. They play until the whistle sounds. No, wait, they play until after the whistle sounds. And that, my friend, is how you rack up 268 yards against a Power 5 team. Outrageous. You know, I just want to shout out all the cats out there because every time they come to Wallace Wade, they've so far this season, they've gotten stomped. We've beaten Tigers. We've beaten Leopards. We've now beaten Wildcats. Pitt. Panthers come at the end of the season, so I don't know. They got a whole rest of the season to worry about this. Uh, but we get to the dogs next week. We get, you know, Huskies. We'll have we'll have some Wolf Pack coming later on. But Jason, when you look at this particular game, Northwestern, as you mentioned, Big Ten team, Power Five team, 
Big Ten is considered with the SEC, the you know, the two biggest conferences and best conferences in college football. Does not matter who in the Big Ten you beat. It really doesn't. If you beat a Big Ten team, you want them to do well now. Like we want Northwestern to if they want to run the table in the Big Ten, that's great for us because at the end of the year, when they look at these bowl placements, they're gonna look and say, Hey, this Duke team beat Clemson. They beat another power five team. In, in Northwestern, it doesn't it, it does not matter. It, the fact that it's from the Big Ten actually makes it better. Even if, if Northwestern doesn't win a game the rest of the season, you can go, hey, they beat Northwestern. They may be good, but they're in the Big Ten. And that's going to help when you look at how they played against these teams, how they won against these teams. And then when you're looking at bowl placement, they're going to say, well, this Duke team is way more exciting because we saw how they've been playing and they play, you know, defense and all this stuff and we want to see a matchup with them against a really good team because we know they can handle it and this is where you know years years ago where jason we're like and i think we still kind of as a fan base have this where we kind of go yo we're still grateful to go to a bowl yeah yeah right? we still have that we're still grateful to go to a bowl it doesn't matter what bowl it is we went to the military bowl last year and everybody we went we had a great time it was awesome but now we start thinking about hey if we can continue on this path and we can again keep playing the teams in front of us next week. We have, we go on the road to UConn. It'll be our first road game. And UConn is a, is a decent opponent that we can, that we can definitely. No, beat. they're not. No. Well, we'll, no, we'll do a preview. No. UConn's we'll bad. Do a preview, but, <laughs> but here's the thing. When you go on the road to the rent, they used to, I mean, they've played very, very tough yeah. at the rent and it's going to be difficult for any team to win on the road, especially the, this Duke team. You know, anyone going on the road is always difficult, but we also know they have the confidence to go up there and put the stump down on UConn and say, Hey, thanks for the, thanks for the free trip. And, and let's get back to Durham. But when you look forward one, one game at a time, if this team can continue on the path that it is, we're not going to be worried about what bowl game we're going to this year. We're going to be worried about how strong a bowl game, or we're going to be excited about what's how strong a bowl game we can get into. We're going to, uh, we still have a tough, tough schedule ahead of us. But again, one game at a time, if they keep playing like this, if the running game can still play, if Riley Leonard still stays on his, in his bag, and if the defense can play the way they've been playing, ladies and gentlemen, we won't have to worry about like basketball season coming too soon because we can sit here and watch this football team every single week. Yeah, and we'll get to we'll get to UConn. We'll do a UConn preview in, in the next couple of days. Uh, they're they're not very good, Donald. This this is gonna be another twenty point line, <laughs> twenty plus point line for the Blue Devils. But but I did want the last thing I wanted to mention. You, you talked about the Big Ten. We we've mentioned several times. This is Duke playing a Power Five team, and the Big Ten is a big time conference. Did you notice what the AC the, the ACC and Big Ten had like this little mini challenge yesterday? There were six games uh, this weekend between ACC and Big Ten teams. ACC teams win four out of six of those games. So a hat tip. To everybody in the ACC who took care of business for us, uh, Virginia did not. Maryland beat Virginia, but we had uh, North Carolina stomping Minnesota. Look, you know, we hate the Tar Heels. They they will be, uh, by the way, you know, you talked about, I mean, Duke's got Notre Dame, Duke's got Florida State, Duke's got North Carolina. Those are like three mm-hmm. huge games coming up on the schedule over the next month and a half, two months or so. Uh, Duke beat Northwestern. Louisville beat Indiana. We uh, we had uh, Rutgers taking care of Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech looks really bad this year. It looks like they're really stru- struggling. Syracuse, though, took care of Purdue pretty nicely. Uh, so the ACC wins four out of six games against the Big Ten. And you're right. It matters. Uh, the ACC as a conference, I think, you know, is is looking better than people had anticipated at this point, which means that every win you get in the conference is a really valuable thing 
that that you know boosts your profile in in the national marketplace and that's a big deal for duke so i just wanted to look we don't talk about the conference that much in in when it comes to football so i wanted to shout out those teams that that did their job and took care of business against the big 10 also also can it this is a aside from the acc um can we stop having acc teams schedule old dominion because old dominion gives everybody a run for their money and you know wake forest was down for most of the game against Wake Forest, they eventually came back and won by three. But I know that was guys, a, that was a real game, man. I, I was watching stop, that. <laughs> stop doing that. Like every time you guys go to Old Dominion, something bad happens. Don't don't do it anymore. Keep the ACC intact. To do that, stay away from Old Dominion. All right, well, that's going to do it with football for the moment. Like I said, we'll be back in a couple of days talk more about football. But for the but we're going to take a break, and when we come back from the break, a little bit of basketball. Look, there hasn't been a lot of news, people. We're trying to figure out ways of bringing you all content. Up next, wild predictions. Stuff you would not believe for the Duke basketball team. Stay with us for that. This episode of the Duke Basketball Roundup is sponsored by BetterHelp. Springtime is the season that's supposed to feel like a new beginning. We have better weather, and it feels like everyone gains a boost of energy. However, for many... Leaving winter behind doesn't always mean that their mood lightens up with the extra sunlight. We all carry around stress, and that stress can build as more events get added to your calendar. That's certainly true, Donald. And with the amount of social gatherings increasing with the improving weather and more daylight, there's more pressure to be on when you're interacting with family, friends, coworkers, even strangers, even when stress has you a little bit down. And for some, getting advice from a therapist can help you tackle some of that stress without affecting you or the people you care about. That's what BetterHelp is all about. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be therapy that's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a professional, licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists anytime you want. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and find your social sweet spot. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Duke Roundup today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Duke Roundup. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. 
Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. All right, Donald, we're back from the break. And this won't take a long time, I don't think. Just two of us here. We're missing Sam. Sam, where are you, buddy? We needed you for this conversation. In any event, here's the conversation we're going to have. I, I, I sent you guys a note. I was like, we got to find something basketball to talk about. Remember, we are the Duke basketball roundup. So we have to have some basketball content. What's it going to be? And I came up with this. Here's my idea, ladies and gentlemen. And I would love to get emails dbrpodcast at gmail.com i want emails from all of you about this the topic is this i want one crazy prediction for this coming season i mean something that not something that you're guaranteeing is going to happen not like oh kyle filipowski will average 15 points per game that's not a daring prediction folks i want something that people are going to hear it and go like what you've lost your mind but then maybe they'll think about it a little bit. They'll go, ah, maybe you haven't, eh, you know. So that's where we are. Donald, I will go first. My prediction is this. Get ready, people. Strap in. Jaden Shute will be a regular part of the Duke rotation and will average more minutes per game than Jared McCain or Caleb Foster. Not both of them, but one of those two guys. That's how high in the rotation I think Jaden Shute will be. Donald, before... I explain why I think this is going to happen. What do you think of the odds? You know, give me a percentage between zero and a hundred of my prediction being right of Jaden shoot regular rotation player, you know, not just, not just games that are, you know, non-competitive, which is last year, frankly, he was really only in non-competitive games, regular rotation player who averages more minutes per game than highly touted freshman, Caleb Foster or Jared McCain. What do you think? Honestly, Jason, I think it's at like 25%. I, I think it's a, it's a plausible thing that could happen. And and Jason, we could get into you know the myriad of ways that it could happen, the myriad of reasons why that could transpire. But let's go with the simple one. The simple one is, yo, Jaden shoot might might play better. And you know, last year, if he could shoot better than those two guys, he'll stay on the court longer. If he can play defense better. He can he can stay on the court longer. Those are you know the little things, and obviously there's a lot of you know quirky things here and there. One you know one game he could get 30 minutes, the next game he can get three. We don't know yet. We're we're still in September. We're kind of speculating here. But when it comes to Jaden shoot, you know I don't see that as like a, a a completely wild outrage thing. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not, but it's still possible. I think that the air of plausibility is where you're going for Jason. There you go. All right. So let me explain why I think this uh, this has a, a chance of happening. I'm with you. Look, I, I'm not I'm not saying I would give this a 50 percent chance, but I think it, it could be in the high 30s, maybe 40 percent odds of this happening. And here's why. 
Do you know the best thing about freshmen? They become sophomores. Mm-hmm. And I think a year in the program gives Jaden Shute a pretty big leg up on Caleb Foster and Jared McCain. And if you looked at Jaden Shute last year, look, I don't want to be mean to the kid. Look at pictures of him. He was kind of doughy. You know, <laughs> he wasn't. Uh, and and hey, I, uh, you know, I should not be casting stones. I'm not the guy in the best shape. I am not. I do not have a defined chest. But I looked at Jaden shoot last year and it was pretty clear that he hadn't been someone who'd been super heavy in the weight room throughout his high school career. And you look at him now in the videos that we've seen from this summer. He looks cut. He looks defined. There is a definite difference, a year of diet and weight training from the professional staff of the Duke Blue Devils has made a difference in the physical condition of Jaden Shute. And I'll I'll tell you another thing. I think his adjustment to college basketball, I think one of the reasons we didn't see him play much last year is he had he, he was really stepping up in quality. Like a lot of these guys when they come to Duke as freshmen, they come off of playing on, you know, a very elite AAU team playing on like the EYBL circuit which is where almost all the best players play. Jaden Shute, just, you know, by happenstance of what AAU team he played on, he played for an Under Armour team as opposed to a Nike team or an Adidas team. You know, not dissing Under Armour, but, you know, it, it it's, not, it's not the same level as playing EYBL or the elite Nike level. He also played for a high school. His high school was Yorkville Christian in Illinois. This is a small private school. You want to know what small means, Donald? These dudes had 80 kids in, in the high school. That's just, not, not 80 kids in the class, 80 kids in the entire high school. That's a small, small program. And they played most of their basketball games against other small private schools in Illinois. So I'm just I'm just gonna say that the competition that Jaden Shoot played against may not have been quite the level of guys who play, you know, quad A basketball in Metro Atlanta or, or Washington, DC. Wasn't wasn't PVI. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I think Jaden Shoot faced a a real learning curve last year at Duke. But the fact that we have seen a cut, you know, a, a, a sculpted player in, in videos that we've seen of practice this year, the fact that we've seen him be very involved, he has been the star of some of these videos just says to me that this is a kid who recognized all the stuff he needed to work on and started putting in that work in a big, big way in the off season. And look, I, I, I believe that Caleb Foster and Jared McCain are both going to be outstanding players, but I, I just, I, I have a feeling shooting really matters. And then the last little thing, the last reason I think Jaden shoot has a shot at getting maybe more minutes than these guys is I think maybe just physically he's a little more able to perhaps swing over from like the the guard position to a, to a full wing to sort of that small forward kind of spot. And if you look at Duke's roster, there's just, there are not a lot of guys with an F next to their name. A lot of G's, a lot of C's, not a lot of F's. There's Mark Mitchell. And when Mark Mitchell doesn't play, I mean, you know, it's a TJ Power. I, frankly, I think TJ Power has been sort of kind of disappointing so far in terms of what we've seen from videos and the such. And, and I, I, you know, I, I won't be surprised if he sort of struggles to get in the rotation. Someone's got to play a little bit of that, that small forward wing position. And I think maybe Jaden shoot is a little more prepared for it physically than perhaps Caleb Foster. Certainly Jared, I think Jared McCain is more of a strictly a backcourt kind of guy. So that's why I'm projecting that Jaden shoot 
has a decent chance to play heavy minutes this season, more than most people expect. I mean, that's interesting. And and I, I like the fact that you, you've highlighted the fact that, yes, he did have a learning curve of sorts last year, and that's probably why he didn't get on the court as much. But also, again, you know, he has a year of experience under his belt. He has a year of college basketball experience under his belt. He has a year of Duke college basketball experience under his belt. Very few people can say that. And he has come back to learn more. And I think he's in that kind of weird transition because these sophomores are kind of in a place that a lot of sophomores aren't in that they have to be the veterans of the team and the and still have to learn from people above them. Like you still have Jeremy Roach, right? That's still there. You have still Ryan Young, who's there to kind of guide along the younger players. But these guys still are the bulk of the of the veterans that we kind of have on this team, at least the ones that play. So it's it's he's in a, in a weird spot, but it seems like so far this summer, he's been thriving in that position and, and being able to, uh, you know, affect his, you know, you know, wisdom and also affect what he's learned on these freshmen and get them all up speed. A, a great Jaden shoot means a great Duke basketball team because if Jaden shoot is playing, you know, 15, 20 minutes or whatever that that number is going to be and he's excelling that. It, that's just something where you feel like the opponents are just like, damn. Now we like we we started with the starters, and now we got this Jaden shoot kid coming and, and draining threes in our face. Now we got Jeremy Kane and Caleb Foster coming and draining threes in our face. When does it stop? When it, when does the barrage end? Like that's hope. That's the hope for this season. And I hope I I I hope you're right, Jason, because it means again a good Jaden shoot team means a good Duke basketball team. Amen, brother. All right, it's your turn. I want to hear your wild, crazy prediction. Give it to me, baby. All right, so my wild and crazy prediction is that the ACC will get more teams in the NCAA tournament than the Big Ten, the SEC, and the Big 12. They will get eight Whoa, teams. Really? <laughs> we'll get eight teams. And don't ask what eight teams are going to be. Duke's one of them. I don't care about the other seven. But <laughs> I think that the – but here's the thing, Jason. I think part of it is this. I think the ACC is poised to have a really, really, really good non-conference slate. Last year, we had a terrible non-conference slate. We had some teams losing some games they should not have lost. And that helped, you know, bring the level of the ACC down, at least in the eyes of the people who select the, the, the NCAA tournament. But we have some guys that are in some big tournaments this year. We have some big non-conference games this year. We have some, you know, the ACC, SEC challenges starting up this year. We go to Arkansas. We have a lot of big-time matchups in that. And I think that is where the ACC shows the rest of the nation, like, yo, this this whole thing about Big Ten versus SEC, SEC versus Big 12, yo, the ACC should be right up there with you. Big East, like, the ACC is going to be right there with them. I think there's going to be some upsets in the form of the ACC knocking off some some Big Ten teams or Big, or Big 12 teams in their non-conference slate. I don't know why. I just have this feeling. I think the ACC is going to get their eight in, and I think they're going to be one ahead of those other Power Five conferences and the Big East, uh, who doesn't have as many teams, but always usually gets – they're like the old ACC. You usually get 60%, 70% of their, their whole conference in. I, I think I think that's coming. I think the ACC is going to come and show that last year is in the past, and this year we have some new solid teams and people need to look out for it. Look, I'd love to see it because I, I always believe that a strong ACC helps Duke to be a stronger team in the NCAA tournament. Uh, and and eight, 
eight is very possible. I I, I don't know that eight is going to be enough to get you ahead of of the Big Twelve and the Big Ten. Those are the two. The Big Twelve and the Big Ten are the ones that have been really dominating the tournament in recent years. Uh, it it, but that's that's a bold. I like it. That's what I asked for. It's a it's aggressive, man. Because last year at the ACC was just embarrassingly bad at times. Man, I you know Louisville is a team. Man, that please please Louisville be better than you were last year. That is a storied program. I mean, if you were if you were going ahead and looking at the top 10 programs of the past 30 years, I think Louisville is they're right in there. And for mm-hmm. them to have been as bad as they were last year is just ugh. they they they've got it. They got to fix that thing. They got it. They got to get better than they were last year. They were one of the worst teams in ACC history last year. So I hope you're right, Donald. Yeah. So Jason, you actually, this whole exercise was, was great. And it brought me out. This is for those of you out there, we prepared for that last one. He gave us like a little heads up. This one, I'm putting Jason on the spot because it's something that popped up in the middle of this, the schedule, the ACC schedule and the full, you know, ACC schedule is coming out. I, I think in a week from now, like on the 25th or 26th or something like that. That yeah, next week. But, yeah. And we'll finally learn. We know who Duke is playing in the ACC. We know where they're playing at home, who we're playing on the road and, and vice versa, but we don't know when. And so my question to you, Jason, and Jason, you, you've gone to a couple of these road games before. I think you probably have probably have me beat on the number of, of road venues in the ACC visited probably by by one or two this year forget the home games because obviously we all want to go to Cameron that's yeah by the way podcast at gmail.com if you have if you have <laughs> tickets to spare sparing us we're, we're happy to take them uh but on the road it's very rare for us to be able to see Duke play on the road because we're so focused on the greatest venue in the world but Jason this year Duke will face Georgia Tech, Louisville, Notre Dame, Pitt, obviously UNC, Wake Forest, Florida State, Miami, NC State, and Virginia Tech at those schools' venues. Of that group that I just mentioned, what's the one on your list that you're like, man, I've never been there, and I've always loved to see Duke play there? Oh, man, wait. Give me the list again. Okay, so the list for this year, I'm not going to worry about the rest of the ACC. Wait, as you go through it, I'm going to tick off which ones I've been to. So go ahead. Okay, Georgia Tech, I know you've been there. Obviously, a million times, yeah. Louisville? I've never been there, and that might be the one. That might be the one. Uh Okay, we're going to keep going. Yeah. Notre Dame? Never been there. Uh, That would be another cool one. (laughs) Pitt? I've been there. UNC, obviously. Yeah, many times. Wake Forest? I've been there. Florida State? I've been there. Miami? I've actually never been to see Duke play in Coral Gables. I've been on the Miami campus, but I I don't. And you know what? Actually, I was at a different event that was in whatever. I I forget the name of the the basketball arena, whatever it is down there. You you could you can tell me whatever the name of it is. The Wasco Wasco Center. Yeah, it just didn't seem to me that interesting. So now take that one off the list. Okay, NC State. Yeah, but seeing Duke play at NC State. Yeah. And Virginia Tech. Uh, I've never been to Blacksburg. I've been to Virginia. I've not been to Virginia Tech. I, you know, wow, this is a tough one. I, I think, I think I would probably say Virginia Tech. I feel like those fans are really into it, and the Duke Virginia like Virginia Tech always gives Duke more trouble than you'd think they would. So I feel mm-hmm. like it'd be a good, fun, competitive game. And I think that after last season, 
after the punch. I think I think that Duke Cal Filipowski going to bring a little something extra when he comes to Blacksburg. That's what I think. Like a 40 burger. Yeah, yeah. I'm maybe. hungry. Yeah, maybe. So uh so yeah, I think if I had to pick one, I think that that or Louisville. Um although I feel like you know, by the way, Donald, another side hold on. I like did you have is there one of those that you want to go to? Is that why you brought it up? Yeah, so I'll I'll say for the people out there, I've been to Georgia Tech, I have been to Pitt, I've been to UNC, I've obviously been to Miami. And I have been inside Castle Coliseum at Virginia Tech, but not for a game. I was just there a couple months ago uh, setting up all the POS systems so that people can eat there. So, but for me, I think of that list, I have been to NC State, but I've only been to uh, that arena for a hockey game. So I haven't been for an NC State game, so I'm not going to count it. I feel like I would go for that. I, I think Louisville is up there. Yum Center is, is one of the, premier venues in college basketball at least from a modern standpoint but nc state there's always something about that i feel like going to that arena always brings us fits oh yeah and i want to be there when we beat them because i i, I feel like <laughs> that would that's long overdue every time we go there the last like few years we've been stomped out and i feel like i want to go and see how this team reacts to a tobacco road rival, but not their number one rival, right? A team that hates them, but they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, you know, we're rivals. We're, we're cool. When, you know, we both hate UNC, but NC State always brings it to another level. And it, I feel like I'd love to see that in person this year. So I'm hoping that game's on a weekend because A, it gets me down, still gets me down to Durham, get to hang out on campus, but I would love to see uh, that road game there. And then I guess after that, it, for me, would be Louisville, uh, just like you at the Yum Center. Yeah, you know, it's worth noting the thing that makes these these stadiums fun to visit is the crowd. Yeah, and, like absolutely. that's the reason I picked Virginia Tech. It's not because I'm like there's something special about Castle. It's that I feel like the Virginia Tech crowd gets into those games, especially when Duke is in town. And there's some of these stadiums that you mentioned, you know, like Pitt, and and you know, frankly, I you know I've been to Clemson a number of times. I've never been impressed with the Clemson crowd. Like if the team's doing well, the Clemson crowd's into it. If they're struggling at all, the Clemson crowd is like, you know, they're busy eating their hot dogs and sitting on their hands because they they ain't cheering. They're not trying to help out their team at all. So, mm -hmm. at, by the way, Georgia Tech's the exact same. In fact, when Duke plays Georgia Tech for the most part, there are more Duke fans than there are Georgia Tech fans. Shout out to all the <laughs> the Atlanta Duke yeah, alumni. There are many of us <laughs> who fill that place. So it's it's really the crowd that that does it. And I worry a little bit that with Louisville struggling as much as they have that perhaps it, we won't get the kind of atmosphere that you and I would really want from a Louisville game. Yeah. And, and it, I think for me, it's more the arena in Louisville's case, I think for Virginia tech, like you said, it'd be for the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, but for Louisville, I think it's more the arena um, checking that out. So, yeah. All right. Well, that was a fun one. Good one, man. All right. Like we said at the start of this silly exercise, we want all of you to reach out to us. We've got that email address. You know it by now dbrpodcast at gmail.com send us a note send us your crazy wild prediction if we get some good wild predictions look we're desperate for basketball content right now people maybe we will put you on the dbr podcast to tell us your wild prediction for the upcoming season and uh and, hey if there's if you want to talk to us about what arena you think would be a really cool one to visit we're open to hearing any of those comments reach out to us until next time he's donald i'm jason Sam's not here. Sam! Sam, we need you, buddy.
But the Duke Band is joining us now. Here's the Duke Band live in person to play us out and take us home. All right, they're not really live, but here they are. Duke Band, take us home. <laughs> 